subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. All right, let's welcome in our friend Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. Richard, got a chance to hear from Al Walker, Luke Haz, and Trajan Jeffcoat last night. They all kind of said the same thing when it comes to playing LSU. They're excited. They're ready. Do you agree with John and Mountain Home? They're going to play up to their competition, have a good showing on Saturday night? Yeah, I, I, I... I kind of feel somewhat like that. I mean, obviously what happened Saturday kind of, uh, you know, dampened probably the, the confidence level. Of, oh, it didn't. I mean, it did uh, dampen the confidence level of the fan base. I get that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I, we, we really don't know how good uh, LSU is. Uh, I mean, obviously they, they, they struggle against Florida State beat uh, Mississippi State. We don't know how good Mississippi State is, but uh, playing playing in Baton Rouge is obviously anytime you play in Baton Rouge, it's going to be tough. But uh, this team has the capability uh, of uh, playing well. Uh, there's there's obviously some uh, concerns uh, on the offensive line that uh, you, you have to you have to be uh, you know aware of and and and, and sure try to scheme and try to try to play to your strengths uh, if you're the offensive coordinator and, and, and try to, you know, minimize the risk for uh, K.J. when he goes back to pass. But at uh, the same time, I mean, I, I, I do think uh, just the, the history of the, the series and, uh, and, and, and still realizing that this team has uh, some pretty good talent, uh, I, I anticipate it being a pretty good game. Richard, I wonder, following a loss like that and where there's a good amount of recruits in attendance, how do coaches communicate maybe Sunday or Saturday night differently than they would following a win? Well, I mean, you talk about the positives and you talk about how, you know, those kids can help you. You know, I just tend to think that, you know, it's so early in the season, even though there's there's definitely some concerns that, uh, you know, you as a coach, you're, you're talking up an improvement and, 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 uh, and, and progress uh, during the season and, and hoping that that uh, holds true. But, uh, you know, even though, even though obviously it was a loss, and, and that's disappointing, you always want to win when you have guys, uh, you know, attending the game as far as, you know, as far as prospects. I tell you what, I mean, it was a great atmosphere, and uh, the kids uh, saw that, and they talked about talked about that. And, and Bradley Shaw, who, uh, who uh, wrote about yesterday, the four star, consistent four star linebacker that Arkansas is uh, definitely in the running for uh, out of Alabama, visited with his uh, teammate Jeremy Cook, who's uh, obviously committed to Arkansas. 
he's not one to really talk much about uh, his recruiting process. And I, I reached out to him just to see if he would talk. And I was shocked that he he, he did. And, it, and and here's the reason why. He's, he was very impressed with the atmosphere. He, and he, he really likes Arkansas coach, coach Pittman, coach, coach Williams and, 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 and the uh, family atmosphere that he sees. And he has a great relationship with those guys, but he was really, really impressed with the atmosphere, even though it was a loss. So uh, kids uh, kind of know that, yeah, the, you know, obviously you like to see a W at the same time. There's, there's going to be some, uh, uh, losses here or there, but at the same time, you, you want to know that, uh, when you're play if you have the, chance to play at a school you're going to play in a, a really good atmosphere and Saturday night was that Richard Davenport and all of our guests with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline I know the archers from Greenwood were there and a lot of focus has been given to Kane Archer the quarterback at Greenwood but what about his brother Cash the defensive end uh, what schools are on him and what interest might Arkansas have in Cash Archer well, uh, obviously Louisville uh, is offered him, and that, that's his, that's his uh, biggest uh, offer. And he's got a few others, but uh, and uh, the interest level, I, I think they're still moderate. You know, just kind of uh, you know looking at him uh, first few games of this season, and then uh, probably the rest of the season, and maybe uh, they may want to see him in camp uh, in the summer. I don't, you know, I don't know the, the full extent of uh, where he is on the on their board, but. Uh, uh, obviously, when a guy's being as productive as uh, Cash, uh, and uh, you know, as far as tackles for losses and sacks, and and and, and causing the issues that he is uh, for opponents in, in very limited time, because he's only playing about a half of each game, and uh, you know, I think according to Max Preps, he's leading the state in the mm-hmm. sacks. So you know, stuff like that definitely. Uh, you know, keeps you on the map, and uh, and 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 college coaches uh, notice that you know he's doing all this in basically one half of each game. The note that's been given to me a couple of days ago is he leads the state with eleven sacks, and that's seventh best in the country for for whatever that's worth at this point. So, yeah, well, that, that, I mean, obviously, you get that many sacks uh, in this early part of the season. I mean, a lot of guys get that. Uh, uh, may not get that even the full season. So obviously he's very productive and again and doing it doing it in very limited playing time. Richard Davenport with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, I asked this question following the Monday loss. You got one guy out of the transfer portal on the offensive line in Joshua Braun. Why do you think this staff didn't add more offensive linemen out of the portal? Well, they did have Jaden uh, Muskrat, the, the Tulsa uh, Tulsa uh, offensive lineman, uh, uh, tri- uh, visit Arkansas. He, he, he made an official visit to Arkansas. He chose Auburn. Uh, and they obviously got Amari uh, Wiggins, the junior college guy. You could say he's you know a not technically not a portal guy, but uh, before the portal, uh, you, you recruited junior college. Uh, programs to for immediate help so they got two offensive linemen and, and then uh, their, their numbers are their their amount of offensive linemen on campus is up and and they're, they're retaining those guys so i think that they felt like uh you know two guys uh you know additions uh, older guys uh, would probably do it uh, just based on what they had on campus and and uh you know I, 
I'm sure that they might have went out after some other guys in, in the portal, but uh, uh, the, only two of the uh, portal guys uh, made it to campus for as far as a visit. I think this question has been asked many a times by fans. Richard, in your opinion, based on what you've seen, based on who you know as the head coach, is this offensive line fixable? Can Sam fix this this season? Well, the the, the, the thing that uh, you won't see is uh, the guys uh, that are there, you know, their physical development. Uh, you're not going to see much physical development uh, during the season because obviously they're playing. They do lift the weights just to maintain their strength. But uh, you, you're not – what you have from a physical standpoint, you're not going to see any improvement from the physical uh, part. Uh, most of it's just uh, playing ability of just getting out there and getting the experience and and, and getting the chemistry with your uh, fellow offensive linemen. Uh, can, can they improve during the season? Yeah. Uh, how much? Time will tell. I think, uh, obviously, the more more uh, experience that some of the guys, especially the tackles, get, I think the, the, the you know they'll kind of have a little bit more confidence in, in their abilities. Because from a physical standpoint, yeah, you, you would like to see those guys in their third or fourth, fifth year instead of just in their second year of uh, being on campus. But uh, at the same time, they they do have uh, do, they do have talent. And uh, you just have to kind of right now you 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 just fill in some of the uh, you know youth youthful uh, pains that you you see with a lot of uh, you know younger offensive linemen. Tommy brought up Cash Archer and Kane Archer earlier. Another kid that's really made an impact this high school football season is Shiloh running back and safety Bo Williams. What what is his? I know he's a senior. This is from Hogwild and Van Buren. What are the odds he could land a preferred walk on invite to Arkansas? I could see that if he wanted if he wanted to. Uh, some some kids uh, they they want to go somewhere where they. Get their education paid for, and he's going. He's going to have those, that opportunity. He already has some offers uh, uh, right now, but uh, as far as you know, where where his thinking is, as far as a, the possibility of being a preferred walk on, uh, I, I really haven't checked. I've talked to his dad, but really haven't even uh, that hadn't even been discussed. Yeah. Well, it, it is week four of the high school football season. That means conference play for everyone begins uh, this week. That I know there's a few conferences that, that have already started that. The 6A has some games already under their belt, and uh, like one or two of the 5As. But uh, for the most part, this is the big week of conference play beginning. Any players, teams, or matchups that stand out to you for this Friday night? Uh, I, I wanna, I'm going to defer. I've been... Uh, been uh, tied up with uh, basketball and football uh, recruiting, but uh, obviously the the guys that are committed to Arkansas and state, uh, you know, CJ Brown uh, is, is, is a young man who's been having a good season for uh, Bentonville, and I'll tell you, somebody that uh, that you know, it, it won't be much of a matchup, but uh, Mills and. Uh, 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 I was doing the schedules last night. Mills is uh, playing. I forgot who they're playing. Uh, forgive me, but anyway, I, the reason I bring Mills up is Charleston Collins, the, the defensive line commitment to Arkansas. My God, he's just having an incredible season. Uh, I think he had 11 tackles last week, five 
five tackles for loss, a sack. Uh, almost half of his tackles for loss, I mean, almost half of his tackles are almost uh, tackles for losses. Uh, he's in the backfield so much. Uh, 6'5", 270 pounds, and I mean, he's, he's, he's a four-star prospect and uh, just just having an, an incredible season. I mean, he, 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 last year I think he had 46 tackles for losses, uh, but I think he's on pace to surpass that uh, this year. So uh, he's having a heck of a season. Richard, we'll let you go with this. You mentioned basketball. Help me on this kid. Is it Aiden Cronside, Kron- the kid from Rogers, 2026 basketball player that just got offered? Correct. Uh-huh. Tell us about kind of his game. I know it's early. He's 20, 26 basketball player, but six seven shooting guard out of Rogers. Yeah, a friend of mine's uh, been talking him up for the last uh, six months, saying he, he has a chance to be one of the better prospects in the country, and 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 he is uh, rated a four star about two four seven and rated the 29th, 29th overall prospect in the country. And uh, number ten uh, shooting guard. Uh, so, uh, from what I understand, I haven't seen him play, but from what I understand, he's he's pretty athletic. His, his both of his parents uh, went to the University of Arkansas. His dad played basketball at Arkansas. His mom was volleyball uh, player uh, at the U of A, and his uh, br- uh, older brother is a pitcher for uh, Xavier. So, uh, wow. a lot of little athleticism in that family. Then, obviously, six seven, about uh, one seventy five. But uh, can evidently uh, line it up from outside and uh, and 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 has the ability to go to the basket. So a taller guy who, who looks like he's going to be uh, get taller because his brother I think's about six eight, maybe six nine. Uh, so he could grow a little, a little, a little more. But uh, uh, I, I just know that uh, the buddy of mine just has been a high on him from. from in the long, for the longest, and uh, obviously he comes from a very athletic family, and uh, and, and a family that uh, played played you know as far as his parents played uh, their sports at a pretty high level. Well, we'll leave it there on that, Richard. We appreciate you updating us on all things recruiting, touching on the LSU game, and uh, we'll recap some more next week. All right, guys, we'll see you. We got some good college football matchups this weekend. Six top 25 games that I'm looking forward to. The three in particular, of course, the one that I really want to watch is Alabama hosting Ole Miss. Kiffin versus Saban should be fun. Ohio State's taking on Zach Arnes, Notre Dame fighting Irish. We'll see if Hartman is a true Heisman contender or if the OSU dominance continues. And then Colorado at Oregon, which should be a good one. Travis Hunter, Tommy, lacerated Lon, where's this thing at? I had the note on. He's got something lacerated. Liver. Liver. Out three to four weeks. Their best mm. player outside of Shooter Sanders will not be suiting up on defense and offense. So that's a big deal. Does the clock stri- strike zero or 12, excuse me, for Colorado on Saturday? Is this their or first loss? Yeah. yeah. Could be midnight. That's a better way to phrase yeah. it. So they, do they suffer their first loss of the season against the Ducks? They're. They're well, like 19-point underdogs. Yeah, but Oregon's ranked, what, 10th in the country this week? I believe that's right. 19 versus 10, I believe is what I saw yesterday. Yeah, 19 versus 10. So, you know, if they lose, I think that's okay. You just can't get blown out. But I, I just wonder about the exhaustion with the Deion Sanders story. I, I don't think it's so much prominent in your age group, but I, the people I talk to that are my age or older, 
they're getting a little fatigued with the Dion stuff. Uh, you know, and it's not that they don't like Dion. It's not that they dislike Colorado. I just, I wonder how big an audience is going to be for two teams on the West Coast, more or less, or west of the Rockies, we'll put it that way, uh, for this when there's so much other college football going on. I, 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 This game better be close from the get-go and be close to about four quarters for it to be one of the most watched games of the weekend. Well, I didn't think Nebraska and Colorado would draw the numbers that it did, and it did. And I know that you mentioned, again, the proximity where those two schools are located, but it's also a top 25 matchup. It's a great time slot at 2.30 on ABC. It's, and, and I misspoke, I think, before the show. It's not an ESPN. It's on ABC. Look at this game, Tommy. So the game, Colorado and Colorado State. No one cares about Colorado State, but it's a rivalry game, and it features Deion Sanders. Drew 9.3 million viewers mm-hmm. at 9 o'clock. It peaked at over 11. So this fatigue that you're talking about is still being watched. It's still being talked about. And it's not just your age group. My grandma, I have very polarizing takes from my friends about they either love Deion Sanders or they hate him. It's it's one or the other. It's kind of like the Cowboys we talk about. You either love it or you hate it to this point. I'll make the case that that's going to be a higher rated game than Ole Miss and Alabama on Saturday, as long as it's close. Now, if Oregon blows them out, then those ratings are going to get slashed. Ole Miss and Alabama is going to be a close one. That's going to be the game that yeah. people watch. But with both being at 230, and if they're both tied, I think Colorado and, and Oregon is a better game, and I think it gets the rating. But it's got more competition at 230 than it did at 930 no the other question. night. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it you know, it's a game of interest, but it's not going to be appointment TV for me. Yeah. Alabama Ole Miss is appointment TV for me. I'm going to make sure I'm watching that, and then I'll roll right. You know, hopefully that'll roll right into 6 o'clock in Arkansas. So should be a should be a good day for, for college oh. football. I, I don't know that – I don't know at 2.30 if you only have one TV in front of you. Um, are, you are, are you putting Colorado and Oregon on instead of Ole Miss and Alabama? Probably not for me. You start – your day with Florida State and Clemson on ABC. That's 11 o'clock. The 2.30 games include Colorado and Oregon, again, on ABC and then CBS. You also have a 2.30 game on Fox, UCLA, and Utah. That doesn't do much for our audience. And then at 6 o'clock on Fox, another ranked matchup between Oregon State and Washington State. And, of course, Arkansas will be playing LSU at 6. Ohio State, Notre Dame, NBC at 6.30. Probably have both those games on the how do you figure out who to pull against in that game? <laughs> I, mean, I would. And I, I told Zach Ohio this, State, Notre Dame. Yuck. I know that you haven't played. Have you? Hold on. Help me on this. Have you ever played Notre Dame? No, I don't believe okay. so. We were going so, to. Yeah, yeah. That, that set up. And you still and will, they chickened out. Yeah, you still will in 2025 when they come to Fayetteville. But I would like to see Ohio State spiral. So I, I told Zach, Zach and I were texting yesterday, I'm actually rooting for Notre Dame. I think, again, you may hate Notre Dame. When Notre Dame's good, it's good for college football. Just like Tennessee. You hate Tennessee. When they're good, it's good for college football. So if they win, if Freeman gets that win against his former team, that's a huge college football story. You may not like either school, but I think the better outcome for college football is if Ohio State loses on Saturday. Oh, I have a hard time pushing back on that. I just, you know... Neither school are, are on my list of favorites for sure, but uh, that that will get. I mean, those are brand names. I mean, you can argue who's the bigger brand name doesn't matter. They're both in the top five or six, seven schools of brand names in yep. college football. The reason Alabama, Texas did so well a couple of weeks ago, so that that will have an audience in the eight eight or nine million range as well. Yeah, and the other thing to to think about when it comes to this weekend is you're you're still. 
I would say you're still starting to come around on who's potentially going to be in the Heisman race and Quinn Ewers for Texas and then also Hartman for uh, for Notre Dame as a great way to, to make their points this weekend. Texas is going to Baylor. That might be an underrated game as the Bears will host Texas for the last time in the Big 12. A lot of Big 12 schools hosting Texas and Oklahoma for their final season. Now, William and Jonesboro brings up that when in doubt, cheer for the religious school. And he also says... Is Notre that, Dame a religious school? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. He also says that Zach Harns will not stop talking about it. Oh. That's the case. The postgame hog reaction from Baton Rouge. Even if Arkansas wins, Zach is going to want to talk about Notre Dame a good majority of the show if they win. Even if Arkansas is able to pull off the... Am I going to have to come into work Saturday night? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, you might have to. I'm going to talk Arkansas. We're not going to do what they did, those knuckleheads did two years ago. When you win at Baton Rouge and you take 10 minutes to start talking about the game, we're starting from the jump if they win on Saturday night. <laughs> the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Call or text the McClarty Daniel Hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Kagan and Piggott called in yesterday. He's calling in again this morning. Kagan, welcome into the program, my man. How y'all doing this morning? Oh, we're good, buddy. What's going on, Piggott? Oh, not too much. Got to do a little training class for work today. Uh, but before I go in there, I was gonna. I want to see what Tommy th- thinks about what I brought up yesterday. Have you Have you told him about that? Well, tell me about it. Uh, well, if you'll remember when Georgia won their first natty on a short fourth and one or goal line stand, uh, remember old Jordan Davis, big defensive lineman. Nose tackle, yeah. Georgia did what they had to do to win, and that was put the biggest, strongest, most physical people on the line on a short situation, fourth and one, goal line, whatever. You're telling me that we ain't got defensive linemen that's stronger than our offensive line? I mean, we need to get some type of help and do whatever we got to do to win the ball game. Can we not get put a big boy up there just for a play? 
you know, defensive lineman. If our offensive line just ain't cutting it. And uh, another thing I was talking about was I want to see Satania on the field. If he can't block, that's fine, whatever, you know. Put him in there for a play, throw him the ball. He's dynamic. We need him on the field to win ball games, in my opinion. Yeah, let me uh, let me take that part first. Yeah, I mean, I think Satania's earned the right to be on and get more targets. It's one thing to be on the field. It's another thing to get targeted with, with, with passes. So, uh, he has shown that when he gets the ball in his hands, you know, electric things can happen, uh, if you will. Maybe there's a better way to describe it. But, yeah, I think he's – I think that will be part of the game plan moving forward just based on the way he's he's played. I think he's earned that. I haven't really thought about moving some guys from the other side of the ball over, and I don't think what, what Kagan's saying there is on a down-in, down-out basis. I think he's saying on a, a, a unique goal-line type situation. It's fourth and goal at the one. It's third and goal at the one. Um, and, and maybe, you know, and I know we're focused on this because of the fourth and ones at midfield. I wouldn't have a problem with that. You know, you know, now, I wouldn't go as far as to say, hey, this this could become part of the, the routine offense. But, hey, if you had a, a jumbo package or some kind of special group that comes in to be more physical, I mean, let's not... Let's not escape the idea or the thought that being physical on both sides of the line is important, but if you put your five most physical players up front uh, and then put maybe two more behind whoever's going to run it in, in a certain package or situation, I think you could design something that would be successful there. Kyle texted in, and Kyle helped me out. I think it's Iaz, Texas. I think you told me that last week, but he's talking about putting I think it's Ian Jaffard is the kid that's nearly 400 pounds, freshman I think he's a freshman or a transfer uh, defensive lineman in that situation. Because it's not like you, like you said, and maybe there's more complexities than this, but it's one play. Hey, Campbell. Hey, Torian Carter. Hey, Andrew. Hit the guy in front of you. Hit him as hard as you can. That doesn't seem overly well, it's a, complex. There's a little more to it than that, but yeah. That doesn't seem overly complex to me. Again, there's probably some, some stuff to it that we're not necessarily looking at as a technique and other things, but or have someone behind him, whoever that is, pushing KJ through the end zone. Yep. Single A in Danville says his beef is fourth and one and being in the shotgun. I think that's where a lot of us are at. It's just hard to understand the the logistics of, hey, we got fourth and less than a yard, and you're going to start out four or five yards behind the line to gain. That, co- that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Coach brought up again the Bear defense, three defensive linemen over your center, your left and right guard, and then two linebackers basically running through the A-gap. That's the question you have to ask yourself is if you're not getting to push against a normal front, a four man front, or even a three man front at times, what makes you think you'll be able to get enough of a push to, to inch over that? Even it wasn't even a yard, no, it was less than half a yard, less than a yard at that point. LSU could be in a situation we'll see what Matt House, their defensive coordinator, does against KJ at points on Saturday. And speaking of LSU, we're now going to welcome in Blake Rafino on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Are you serious sports? And Blake, you and I were talking last night as we welcome into the program. LSU's coming off a big time win against Mississippi State on the road. They've got the Magnolia Bowl this next week. This game doesn't always mean rankings match up to what the result is. What are your thoughts on there possibly being a letdown for the Tigers on Saturday night like there was last year in Fayetteville? Yeah, so good morning, Ty. Thanks for having me, Blake. Um, well, if they're not focused, if they weren't going to be focused, they're surely going to be focused now with the news of Greg Brooks. Um, that was a late night. You know, a lot, the family announced, you know, the, the brain tumor that he had, he had and the emergency surgery. And, I, you know, just 
Look, and we, we do some NIL stuff with some players and, and like, just talking to them, Ty. I, 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 can LSU go in here and, and, and not be focused and be let down a little bit? Yes. So the, but I, I do just, you know, I, I do, I do start questioning like that, man, they really want this one now, you know, because of Greg. So talking to some of the guys that we have in our program and, and guys that we have, you know, partnered up with. They really want this one now. So let, let's see how this, this team reacts after that news. Now, first and foremost, his health is the biggest concern. But when we look on the football yeah. field itself, LSU already didn't have a lot of depth in the secondary or, or quality what we're used to. I mean, how big of a loss yep. is this for Matt House and company on Saturday night? M- massive. Ty, they're playing a true freshman behind him. And um, so... Ryan Yates is a, a really talented young man, and he came in on Saturday, and, and they did some different things. They put in, you know, they brought in Andre Sam into that position, who was a six-year guy from Louisiana. But Greg Brooks is the heart and soul of them defensively. He is the guy that was getting them lined up. He was the guy that was, you know, the, the energy behind that. It's a massive loss. I mean, I can't, I can't underestimate. And, look, Greg is not the most – and Arkansas fans know this. But he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the. He's not going to wow you with his forty or vertical. But he plays with massive amounts of heart, and he's just he's been the team leader. <clears throat> excuse me. He's been a team leader defensively. It's a massive, massive loss. And so now you start asking questions. You know, can KJ start making some throws on a DB room that is highly inexperienced? Talented, but highly inexperienced, and start pushing the ball down the field um, to start forcing some some really interesting conversations that LSU is going to have to have in that room. Like, tell us uh, about Harold Perkins. I mean, he's they've kind of used him in different ways this year, and maybe he's going to be allowed to, to freewheel it a little bit more on Saturday against the Razorbacks. What what's been the approach this year? And because it's been noticeable to, to plenty, and there's been plenty of commentary about. It how they've used Harold Perkins to this point. Yeah, and so now that we have some time after the Florida State loss, Omar Spates was a transfer from Oregon State who had really been struggling with some injury. I think that they moved Harold into a position there because of that and didn't move him around a lot against Florida State because of the injuries they had there. They didn't want to start a guy in with weeks as a true freshman against Florida State, but he came in against Mississippi State and, and looked really good. But now, look, they're going to use him in a big nickel package. He's going to be out there in the slot. He's going to rush from all over the place. He's going to come from the inside. He's going to spy. He's going to come from the right. He's going to come from the left. He's going to go out in coverage. Had a massive pass breakup uh, this past weekend. So, you know, he, he, he ran down Mississippi State's uh, fastest wide receiver on the bubble screen. And so they're using him in a lot of versatile ways now. I do think that they weren't able to really use him that way against Florida State now that you know about some of the injuries. But I think he's going to come from the left tackle spot, the right tackle spot. They're probably going to use him in spying on KJ and third and medium type situations. Kind of a lot what they did last year uh, to Malik. And so um, we'll see how they continue to use him. But I think since Florida State, they've utilized him the best skill set. And look, he's, you know, we know who he is. And he showed, he's started to show who, 
you know, that he's picking up where he left off a season ago, that's for sure. After uh, Arkansas and BYU and, and, and watching that game, is there a feel that LSU needs to bring pressure, or do they feel like they can apply enough pressure just bringing four up front uh, this week on KJ and this Razorback offensive line? Well, here's the crazy thing. I think that they can bring four considering um, how that offensive line and how beat up they are. Now, they're going to I think they're going to send pressure. You know, I think that they're going to force and try to force KJ to throw the football. I don't think they want him out in space. Matt House, you know, and, and talking to him before when we've had, you know, when, we, when we've had him, he, the one thing that he hates more than anything is quarterbacks running, running all over him. So I do think that they'll use specific times to send pressure uh, to KJ, but I do think that their ultimate goal now with Greg Brooks completely being out to try to get home with four. Do they have the personnel to do it? I do think that they have the personnel to do it. If Errol Perkins is in that mix, uh, certainly. Um, but look, LSU's got a. I told Ty this last night. You know, like the first thing that I would do if I'm Arkansas, I, I'm getting Satania and I'm getting him on that nine route on the go route and tell KJ, crow hop it and throw it as far as you can and let's see if he can come down with it. Because LSU, if, if Arkansas is going to attack an area, that's the area they need to attack. Get the ball out in space. And let these DBs at LSU make plays. Like, don't kind of get out of your game plan early to some extent. Make Tesla and Titania and, and other dudes make some plays on the outside and force the pressure, get some quick throws out of there to force that pass rush to start second-guessing themselves. We're talking with Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports, little LSU this morning. Blake, Landon Jackson, Dwight McLaughlin, we know how important this game is for those two. Landon's a captain. Dwight's probably the best cover corner on this team. How much of an impact do you think they're going to have against their former team that I know they're juiced up to play on Saturday? Well, I do think it's going to be a big-time battle. Let's start with Landon Jackson, a big battle there because, you know, you have two guys that came to the same class together. Ty Wright, so going up against one another. Um, I, that's going to be an interesting matchup. I, I look, Dwight was a situation at LSU that uh, you really didn't need to want to lose him, but Brian Kelly kind of trying to come in and, and put his foot down on how the culture is going to change, and I think he got caught up in that mix. I, I've been a Dwight McLaughlin. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm the president and CEO of his fan club, um, but I'm definitely the treasurer, right? I mean, that kid can play. And, and and so I really do think that it's a good matchup. It's a big-time matchup between him and Malik Neighbors. And yep. LSU has really tried to get Malik into a slot to force him into situations where he's not going up against guys like Dwight McLaughlin. We saw that on Saturday. But I do think that they're going to get their one-on-one -on -one battle. If there's one thing that Dwight is good at, what we've seen at LSU and in Arkansas, he's really physical. And I don't know if that's the right approach against Malik. It certainly is against the other receivers that he'll see out there. I think Dwight McLaughlin is going to want to come into Baton Rouge and make a statement. I, I really like I really like Newton. Blake, this game last three years has been decided by three points. Five of the last eight Arkansas victories in this series have come when they've been unranked and LSU has been ranked. How do you see this game playing out Saturday night? It's a great question because I feel like when I'm, you know, what I'd say if it's not a three to seven point game that I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> um, 
I, I do think LSU comes in here, Todd. Just it's just a it's just a gut feeling in reference to coming in here, being focused Saturday night in Death Valley, especially with the Greg Brooks stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's still a ten point game. I, I think LSU gets a field goal touchdown late, makes it a little bit nicer and cleaner than you know than some people who won't watch this game because Ohio State and Notre Dame is on. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I don't. I would have loved for Arkansas to win last week, so kind of take a little bit of that, you know, dog mentality coming from the Razorbacks out. Uh, but I do think it's going to be close. I had it thirty-eight twenty-eight. I still think this offense can can score some points I on, on this LSU defense. Blake, we'll leave it there. Appreciate you joining us this morning again. Blake Rafino, yep. are you serious? Sports, kind enough to give us some insight on the LSU Tigers. Blake, we'll see each other this weekend, man. Hi, Tails. See you Friday. See you, Ty. <laughs> all right, uh, Blake and all of our guests join us on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. I I just hope Arkansas can find ways to muster enough offense with presumably no Rocket Sanders, um, no proven wide receivers at this point that, uh, it, you know, he talked about Satania there and those go routes. I mean, you got to do something to stretch the field. you got to find enough way to score probably closer to 40 points in order to have a chance to win this game yeah and on the subject to rocket rocket has been at practice last two days not doing all this stuff tommy i just think it's gamemanship i i don't think they ever anticipated rocket being able to suit up for saturday that's my opinion i just think it's gamemanship on the part of coach Pittman and this staff like at least putting out the idea that he could play on saturday let's talk to dixie lynn in hot springs on the mclarty daniel hotline welcome in mrs dixie lynn Hey, man, I'm fired up. It's LSU hate week, and we're going to go down there and we're packing the wood, as Darren says. And everybody knows what that means. You're taking some wood and taking them out back by the woodshed. And I learned a lot on that caller. I liked him, but I still think, I don't think they're going to cover the spread, and I don't even know what the spread is. But y'all want me to bet the mortgage with Saracen? I don't have to bet the mortgage, but I got permission from the husband to bet the ex-wife's alimony. So I'm all in. <laughs> Oh, man. I love that. Yeah, it's about, I think it's eight. I have it down here. I think it's 18. 18 is what yeah. I saw left. So, appreciate it, Dixie Lynn. Yeah, it's eight. Where's this at? 18 is the spread right now. Mm-hmm. So, might as well. My 18 and a half, actually. So, they got to win by 19 or more. I mean, I think that's going to happen. Again, I don't I don't know if I can confidently say that Arkansas is going to win this game. I feel completely different than I did a couple weeks ago and even before the BYU game. But, Again, there's some there's some areas you heard. Listen, I Greg's health is the biggest concern on this. But when it comes to if we look in this from a football vantage point only, him being one of the veterans on that team, him wearing number seven, we know how significant it is that is for LSU. Their secondary is not filled with the Petersons, the Matthews, the dudes, the the Morris Claiborne's. Like they don't have any of those guys on this football team. Or if they do, they're really young and they're not ready to take those positions. If somehow, some way, the offensive line gives KJ time, and it's not just KJ getting time; it's also these wide receivers that got to get open because they have not had, they did not help him in that BYU game, and KJ is also going to hit some throws that he didn't actually hit in that game. Then you could potentially have some success in the passing game. That's a lot of ifs, mm-hmm. but from that vantage point, it is at least that prospect is there. How can you win if you don't have success in the passing game, though? I mean, you if you can. don't, if, if you don't get. Half a dozen, six or eight first downs by passing. Probably, if you're not moving the chains, passing the ball, meaning you're having a few chunk plays here and there, but you're also 
consistently keeping LSU off balance a little bit, mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a lot of trouble. At 2 of 13 on third downs, I believe, in this past game, if you do that against LSU, the game's over. And with that being said, first down's critical. You can't be forced into you know third and eight all the mm-hmm. time, third and ten. They know what you're going to do then. I'm not talking about making those conversions. I'm talking about you know first down and ten or second down and six. You know because coaches talked about getting four play four yards on first downs good for us. You know okay say say it's second and five. Can you throw the ball for first downs consistently throughout the uh, throughout the evening on that? That that will be interesting to see on second down and medium first. First down and long, can, can you get first downs through the air? And the other side, defense got to do what it does last year. I mean, you have to play out of your mind against Shaden Daniels. And we saw last year that there's capability to shut him down. And that was at home. Can you limit him on the road? Can he not get outside the pocket? Can he not be the same insane quarterback that we saw against Mississippi State and other points last season? That's a huge key as well. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com/htl and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so I told you we were going to get into some hog player clips from last night. Hadn't had a chance to do that just yet, but we'll do so now. Al Walcott is one of the the big-time players for your secondary on this year's team, the Baylor transfer. Got asked about playing first road game, Tiger Stadium, Saturday night. Here was his response. No, we're going to go into a venue that's over like thousands and thousands of people. I mean, we have to get hand signals down because you're not going to be able to communicate verbally, really. So really hand signals and just 
just trying to be on the same page throughout the week and using that sound in practice really helps us to get ready for that. Al's been on the road before at Baylor in the Big 12. Don't know if he's ever faced as hostile atmosphere as he'll face on Saturday night. But what about a true freshman like Lucas? Here was his response. Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be a great atmosphere. There's going to be a lot of people and it being a night game is going to be special as well. So I'm definitely excited. This is my first one. You come to the SEC to play in games like this. And Tommy, I know it's it's always better to play at home and it's always better to have those fans behind your back. But man, it sure is sweet to win those SEC road games if you get that opportunity. It's your first conference game too. And we know that digging out of an 0-1 hole is difficult. And we know, you know, there's been more than enough said about the four-game stretch you're on uh, starting this week. But uh, it's also about being the first conference game as well and trying to get off to an, a 1-0 start in league play. And now I have an opportunity to do that. And I don't know if I'm necessarily going to put all my chips in to do that. I might do it. Dixie Lynn did and was talking about last segment was betting on the spread itself being 18 and a half. But I have to wait and see. There's a lot of Arkansas teams that have played LSU before that not many people gave them a chance. I know that we I mentioned this stat earlier, saw this this morning in some notes. Five of the last eight Arkansas victories have been when they've been unranked, when LSU's been ranked. That's what the setup is on Saturday night. Now, you've never played these guys in September. You never won back-to-back in Baton Rouge. Maybe that changes on Saturday. Well, you, you, you've got to find a way because I, I think you've you've got their full focus and attention this time. And like you said, it's it's uh, a different setup being in September. But you can talk about the spread and all these things, and that, that's great for fans. But the only thing that matters is winning the football game. What about Jaden Daniels? We heard Blake Rafino of Are You Serious Sports talking about the versatility of LSU's quarterback. What is Trajan Jeffco and the rest of the defense think about him? I feel like he's a very quick, athletic He's very fast, very shifty. He can throw. He can do it all. So uh, he's, he's a really good guy. You've really you made some really good points leading up to this game. You haven't seen speed like you're going to see on Saturday night. Malik Neighbors is the wide receiver. You got a stone, whether it's McLaughlin, the rest of that secondary. And then also just the elusiveness. Now, you've seen him practice with KJ, but Daniels is even quicker than him. Doesn't have the same power that KJ has, but... A little more, more lighter speed. on his there, feet. There's a lot. This will be another. This will be next level team speed that LSU has that you haven't seen yet. I mean, you haven't seen anything as fast as these guys. Just watch them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just watch their games. They're a whole lot faster than anything you've seen, and a whole lot faster than anything I've seen just watching Arkansas. So Giddy you up. got a couple of guys that, that that fit that individual speed, but the overall team speed. Cut. Hmm, not even close. Got to figure out something to do with neighbors, man, because I know Mississippi State's secondary may not be even close to as good as ours, but he just pretty much beat them over the top consistently the whole game. Yeah, so what's the key to that? You better be able to get pressure with four so yeah. you can drop seven. And the good thing is you have a defensive line that at least through three games has shown that they can get pressure. You're going to need it more than ever on Saturday night. And Mississippi State wasn't physical with neighbors, whether it's McLaughlin, Singletary, whoever they line up at corner. Uh, hopefully it's not a lot of the true freshman Jalen Braxton because that's a, that's a tough situation for him. You've got to get knock him off his routes because if he gets a free release, sayonara. He's getting a, a fade route, post route, go route. He's gone. Got to get him in those situations. 
All right, last thing. Tommy, they did, I know you weren't here yesterday, but they did announce the game time in Jerry World, 11 a.m. We're going to be doing the pregame show from AT&T Stadium next Saturday. It's going to be either on ESPN or the SEC Network, depending on that six-day selection window next Sunday when they announce that. Not surprised, and I think we've all kind of changed our opinion of what an 11 a.m. start means. Uh, it probably means for a little earlier Friday night for those going. I know a lot of people that, you know, this This is an annual weekend getaway for them, and they make, uh, you know, annual plans around going to this one. So an 11 a.m. start is probably not the uh, the first choice of those that are uh, that are making their way down to DFW, but it also means you can get down there on Friday night and get back at a reasonable hour on Saturday. Yep. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. Brought to you by our friends, as always, at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey called 888- Eight Sparky. All right, let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Is it is it Vary in Fort Smith? Vary in Fort Smith? Looks like Verl. Verl. He, he, he said Tommy knows him. Oh, Verl. Hey, Verl. How you doing, Tommy? Hey, Verl. How are you, buddy? I'm doing all right. Hey, buddy. I, I called for three reasons. I called to apologize to you <laughs> for what happened at the game <laughs> a couple of years ago. Don't worry about and it. Ty. Ty. You gotta listen to old people, man. You, you gotta hack the piss of people off. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the caller that called about the Brooks kid, this kid had brain surgery and he's mad because he left. I don't understand that. I don't either. And I, I listen to you guys every morning. Y'all do a great job. But that 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 really kind of kicked me off. But I really just called and apologized to Tommy. <laughs> what, did, what did Verl do? Verl was a dad. You know, that's uh, all it was. Verl was just being a dad. <laughs> hey, you don't have to apologize, Verl. You're Burl good. Being a dad. All is all is fair during the course of a game, and you're good. Uh, <laughs> no, back to again, Verl. We said it when Jimmy made that. I I don't understand it. I mean, kid just had brain surgery, <laughs> like to remove it. To, for those who don't know, so Greg Brooks, his family announced last night that Greg had a brain tumor, a very large brain tumor that they had to remove. It was a successful surgery this past Friday. Jimmy called in, had two beefs, one about Sam Pittman, some of the stuff he said. Now, by the way, I like Jimmy and Conway, but I didn't necessarily agree with him being mad that Greg Brooks chose to go to Arkansas initially out of Louisiana and then went back to LSU, and he's mad about that. Louisiana kids are very similar to Arkansas kids. They dream of going to their state school. One's in Baton Rouge, one's in Fayetteville. Some some guys get there differently. Some get there right out of high school. Some have to go to smaller schools. Some have to go different ways. Greg went that way, and again, I guess people. Some people are mad. I'm not mad. I understand it. I'm more worried about Greg and his health yeah. and recovery. I mean, there is no such thing as minor as minor surgery, but there is certainly nothing. It's uh, it's minor brain surgery. There is no, no such thing. So. Uh, uh, everybody thinks it's minor surgery unless it's you. But but uh, when they start operating on that thing between your ears, that's uh, that's next level stuff there. So yeah. hope he recovers just fine. When they're talking about removing tumors, ooh, I mean, just you, you know, you're worried about the rest of your life. You're 20. I don't know how old Greg is. 21, 22, whatever he is. You know, he's, he's in least, the first quarter, man. He's in the first quarter of life. Yeah. Um. And he say it would. I was ticking him off. Is that another yeah. part of his You need goal? to listen to old people is what he said. I think you need to go back and listen again to what Verl said. You need to listen to old people. Yeah, I 
I take constructive criticism. It usually takes me a day to be like, okay, that's, yeah, that's probably right. But I feel like I heed instruction for the most part. Pretty teachable. You didn't know, Ver- you didn't know Verl back in the day, but he was, he's a baller now. He can hoop? He can hoop. He okay. can probably still hoop. Yeah, I played, I'm going to be honest, I played pickup for the first time in like a month yesterday. It was a rough, rough couple of games to not only get back in shape, but just the, the shooting itself. That's one of those things you got to play consistently, kind of like golf, or it's just going to revert back to old ways. Especially when you're not very good to begin yeah, with, that's right? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I was just thinking about and, golf. I'm not very good to begin with. And, so. you're, playing, and you're playing guys that may yeah. or may not have played college ball too, which doesn't help or hurt your But when chances. you play with better guys, you tend to get better. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Play glad you're back. Did you even see an elk while you were out there? Unfortunately, no. Oh, I want to tell you the first elk that we saw when we, oh, about 6 p.m. Sunday night driving home, we drove, you know, just outside of Harrison, there's the elk lodge, and there's a, I guess he's a concrete or a plastic elk that sits up in front of that building. <laughs> that was the first elk. That was the first one you saw? Yeah, that was not, I, we wanted to go shoot it. That's a bummer. There's probably been some people shooting. The only one, huh? So who was more let down, Arkansas fans after Saturday or Clay on his trip? Oh, I mean, I'm not going to compare elk hunting with uh, the 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 Razorback football game because that wouldn't be fair to the fans. we spent about the same amount of money. <laughs> so, yeah, we were both frustrated. I don't know which was worse. But, you know, the here's the thing about all of it, uh, both the hunting and the football. I mean, it was great to go. I mean, I enjoyed it. I looked forward to it. There was excitement. Yeah, there was a letdown. But, you know, it's, it's still, there's great memories. And now... It would have been worse if I'd have shot and missed. I mean, maybe maybe that's kind of what the Razorbacks did. They shot and missed. Uh, but it, it was, uh, you know, the, the elk deal was, we, we kind of knew what, what it was going in because they'd had this awful snow uh, accumulation in the spring and in the winter and 180% of normal. And a lot of elk died, and they didn't, they didn't issue near as many uh, hunting tags especially for out-of-state residents so we were lucky to get a tag and 
uh, I talked to a game warden. He didn't check me. He didn't ask me for my license. He was just, uh, we were both headed to the store. I was going to the uh, into town to get to get more ice uh, five days in, and he stopped me, and we talked, and he said, hey, it's 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 the same for everybody. It's all over all over Colorado. It's just not a good year, and we didn't. I think they were they gave forty percent fewer license, which is really you know a hit for their economy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about seven hundred dollars for uh, for an elk tag for an out of state resident, and you, and you take forty percent of that out. I mean, I think it's you know it's probably five or six million dollars. So, um, but the, the the elk. You know, a lot of them died. A lot of them were hit on the road because that's the only place they could find any grass. So y'all don't want to hear all this stuff. But it, it was uh, still a fun camp, and I went with my son-in-law Christopher Bolden, and it was fantastic. You know, we were there twelve days. We got to hang out with Jim Daniel, my good friend from Keensburg, Colorado, east of the Denver airport. He's got a ranch there with horse. We rode his horses. Um, and we'd ride each day five miles in the morning, you know, hunt, come back, and then maybe we'd take a shorter trip in the afternoon. We hunted three different drainages. And um, I know Christopher went up into the to the to the high, high timber, and, you know, he didn't see any elk up there either. So I, I didn't work as hard as he did. Well, the I'm good thing, that. the good thing is a father-in-law, you like your son-in-law, because I know one that hates his. So yep. uh, that's no, bad. Very at least fortunate. You, yeah. At least you have that going for you. Well, yeah, we had a great trip. Arkansas. Oh, God. Yeah, then we fished a little bit uh, after the hunt was over. Then we went to Loveland, watched football. We watched the... Uh, the BYU game there at uh, Jeremiah Gage's house, and he cooked dinner for us. Uh, took his little son, eight-year-old Wyatt, to the golf course, and we hit practice balls. I'd given him a set of golf clubs for his birthday. He's kind of like my grandson. He calls me Grandpa, yeah, among other things. He also <laughs> calls me Cuckoo. Uh, but, yeah. So, so what did you think of the game? You got to watch it. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I kind of set this up a little bit the other day with with Zach and and Derek. You know, when when the schedule came out that they were going to play a home and home with with Brigham Young, uh, I thought it would probably be a split that Arkansas would lose out there and, and win at home, and it flipped around. It was a split, uh, and I was sure that Brigham Young would bring a more representative team to Fayetteville, and they did. Uh, did not make the mistakes that will get you beat. Didn't play their best, probably. Arkansas did make the mistakes that will get you beat. I mean, 14 penalties. I don't care if it was a big eight crew or whatever. It was a SEC crew last year, and I thought they got some calls on a couple of the fumbles last year that were, you know, 50-50 that Arkansas got. That's what's going to happen, you know, when you when you get those crews like that, the ones from another conference, and uh, they're going to see it a certain way. And I don't think it was anything bad, but a lot of the close calls did not go their way. And uh, then they made the mistakes, like the you know the two turnovers and the two bad punts, and that's four field position breaks the other team gets, and that's the difference in the game. Al Walcott was talking about them moving on last night. Coach Pittman, kinda, yeah, yeah, Coach Pittman kind of echoed the same thing. But here's Al, what he had to say: It's hard. No one likes losing. No one likes losing. So it's hard. And we knew we should have won, but you have to move on. I mean, I don't really have nothing else to say besides you have to move on. And look forward to the next week because that team is still preparing for you and you still got to go out there and play. Clay, Coach Pittman was talking earlier this week. It's about getting your pride back. 
Do you think they get some of their pride back? Not, and I'm not asking for necessarily a win, but do we see them get some of their pride back in Baton Rouge Saturday night? Well, you, you have to. When you lose, you have to play with a chip on your shoulder. And, and here's the thing that will help them: they will be the hunter in this particular instance. BYU was the hunter. They were. They were trying to restore some pride. So now you flip it around, you know, you're playing a team that you lost to on your home field last year, just like Arkansas with BYU. And I think Arkansas will have, uh, you know, they'll have a better better go at it. And, uh, you know, I think the effort was there, but I think they know they've got to play sharper. Uh, they've got to eliminate some penalties. Uh, I'd, I mean, just one man can play a lot better, and that's Brady Latham. That was by far his poorest game as a Razorback, and he knows that. Um, I don't give him a pass necessarily, but he missed camp. I mean, he was not out there for, I think it was two and a half, three weeks, and I think it was probably a concussion. It took him a long time to get get cleared, but he missed the really the, the guts of camp that, that an offensive lineman probably needs. Um, I think he'll probably play a little better this week. And he's, yeah. you know, you're talking about pride. I'm sure that's at stake with him. You know, like he he's he was embarrassed. He hasn't ever played like that. He's been a good player. It's considered for all conference. That, that's probably out the window with that kind of a game. So he he's got a lot to to prove to himself and his teammates and uh, Razorback Nation. You know that, that he deserves to be out there. So I, I think that that will be part of this this week. And everyone's talked about the number of penalties and. Uh, you know, the, the number, gosh. But the number of penalties just on Brady. And I, I would contend one or two of those holds were blatant and intentional because he was just trying to keep his quarterback from getting killed. That's right. I mean, he, he, gra- he grabbed his he grabbed, on purpose yeah. to, to keep K.J. from getting his and head knocked happens. off. And now, I say that. It happens. It happened on the other side, too. There were two different plays where Arkansas's linemen got through and – the BYU offensive lineman turned around from behind and grabbed him. Did exactly what you're saying, and it wasn't called. And that's when you know, okay, you got a crew from the Big Eight because they've got eight. Tommy. You've got three guys watching that area. There's three. There's the referee, and then there's the center back, and then there's the umpire. And one of those guys should have seen it. it was right up the gut. The guy was coming free on the quarterback and they had him from behind and that's a hold and it was a 35 yard completion now those are those are things that happen in a game but you have to overcome them you can't play as badly as you did so that that stuff comes back to bite you we also ought to overcome injuries i don't think rocket's going to suit up on saturday night probably not coach Pittman also talked about the hand injuries for the offensive line specifically clay now outside of kind of that they've been okay not getting banged up too much but um even kj jefferson dealing with some stuff coach said he should be healthier on saturday than he was this past saturday specifically on the offensive line with again their bad game and in addition to those injuries how do they how do they get over that and how do they adjust to what they're having to deal with right now 
hey, you just kind of fight through it. And it's it's uh, that's part of the game. Other teams have those kind of injuries too. Um, they've mounted up in one particular area, and that's the that's the tough part. They do have some depth there. They're not void, but a lot of their guys are inexperienced. They'll be better at each game they play. They're going to see things, and they'll they'll know how to handle it a little more. Um, that they um, they're going to play their way into shape, and that that always happens. You cannot scrimmage uh, a terrible amount of time. You know, in 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 August, you don't want your team to be decimated by injuries. You don't have that many players anymore. Um, but they they need they need games and they need to play SEC games. I think they'll win SEC games. I think they'll be competitive in a lot of games. I don't think it's gloom and doom. Uh, I think KJ is going to keep playing better, and he's going to keep learning more and more under fire what the Danny Enos offense is and what is expected of him on the certain routes. You know, he his interception he threw it to the right guy he needed two more inches mm-hmm. and they work on that pass every day and he just didn't quite get enough on he also it. he also got hit when he released the ball too yeah he did he was on his follow through but it, it was uh, two more inches all he needed and it was the right pass to the right spot in the field the safety was playing he started 20 yards deep and it snapped he was 30 yards deep so that's the, that was the hole that was you can't throw it over the top but you could throw it underneath the safety and it was still a big play and i heard and, you talk with Zer- derrick and zach on monday about luke has he was one of the players with the media last night he's excited i mean he's a true freshman his first road games in death valley at nine i mean it doesn't get much better than that how do they build off of what he was able to do in this past game being what he is as a versatile playmaker with quality hands clay keep giving him the ball <laughs> it's like the hey when you got a dude you get him the ball i don't care if he's a freshman or a senior and he catches it and uh, the same thing uh was it isaac to slaw you know they they were on him but that's not going to be the case every game it's in there's some other guys that opened up because of the double coverage that they put on him. Uh, I don't know that that's the way uh, um, LSU is going to play. I'm talking about their safeties that deep. Um, but it, it's uh, they've got some weapons, and but the key is that they've got to protect the edge. They've got to protect. And the tough part about tight end is if is that's a guy a lot of times you use to chip an extra blocker. So do you send him out all the time? And uh, because the tackles sometimes they need him. I was talking to Jodine Davenport about his senior year. He didn't catch near as many balls, and he says I he says I was in max protect because our tackles were having a hard time. So that's a part of the game that you you know you look at the numbers as they're not throwing it to the tight end. Well, he's not going out. So that's something to watch. Do they have to use their tight ends and their backs uh, in pass protection to help those tackles? And here's my other beef this morning. I've been watching this show on HBO, Tommy, called Winning Time. It's Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. They canceled it after two seasons. And it was great. It was fantastic. It wasn't really a... um 
a documentary. What, what, what do you call it? It's not kind of a, loosely based on the the truth. Is it a biopic? Is that what it's uh, called? I don't, know, I don't know. It was it was fantastic. And after two seasons, they've already canceled it. One of my favorite shows growing up was Freaks and Geeks. They canceled that after one season. But Clay, I know you again. You're coming off a trip. Maybe your beef is you're not seeing an elk until you got back to Harrison. But do you have a beef this morning here on a Wednesday? Oh, not too much. I'm I'm happy to be with you guys. I'm not going to beef too much. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's. Uh, Maybe maybe hearing people complain about the football team and it's just one game and you know we'll we'll see how it rolls out. I guess I'm holding judgment a little bit and I expect to see some improvement, but that's not really a beef. That's just a mild observation. Okay. Well, let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline then, since Clay's a happy camper, and welcome Brent, who's in Stuttgart. Brent, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. What's up, Ty, Tommy, and Clay? Good morning. Tommy, you feeling better today? Man, I am. It was uh it was rough yesterday, but uh, I'm glad whatever had a hold of me let go. <laughs> there you go. I just want I just wanna know. I mean I'm not I'm disappointed in it, but this 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 week, I mean, I'm hoping we win. I think we got a good I think we got a shot. I think we got a good shot. But if we if we lose and I don't mean to sound like a homer, but if we lose and play well, I can fi- I can find solace in that. Um, I want y- I want y'all's I want y'all's I want y'all's opinion. I can find solace in in a lot less penalties, uh, taking care of the small stuff, and and losing the game as long as and being there at the end with a chance to win, I can take solace in that. That's kind of how the last three have went, right? That's how the last three with LSU have went. Right. Brip, thanks for the call. I mean, I I, I I hear what you're saying, and, and you want to go win the game. To me, the fact that it's your conference opener, you just don't want to fall behind in the league – 0-1 uh, is, is critical. I want to see how this offensive line responds. I mean, after getting folded up a little bit last week, after being exposed at the tackle spots, A, how do they lay them out? And uh, Clay, how, how do you bring along young tackles as the season goes along? I mean, you got guys that are making their what would be fourth starts, I guess, and you're still trying to figure out what you're going to do at the, uh, at the edges on the offensive line. Uh, coaches talk about chipping more, probably more tight ends in. Uh, they're going to have to do some things to to keep from uh, letting the quarterback be on the run all night. Yeah, I think first of all, you need your uh, your senior quarterback to play a little better. He 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 wasn't as sharp as he could have been. Mm-hmm. wasn't as smooth uh, in the in the offense, and but they've got to play better up front to give him a chance to play better. And I thought that he might have had his eyes on the rush instead of his eyes on the receiver. And that's that's a tough thing about a quarterback when he's not getting protection. He's got to know where those defensive linemen are or whether it's a linebacker or safety coming. And it takes his eyes off the receivers. And that, I thought that happened. And uh, he's got to have confidence in them. And he's got to play a little better. Um, so uh, that's kind of a double-edged sword. You know, part of it is on the offensive line to make him feel confident. The other part is that he's got to, to be the leader and show show things. I expect him to win. 
Yeah, I'm probably the guy that expects I see a way to win, and I think, well, that's what how it's going to go down. Um, it, it's I do not think this is a great LSU team. They may be before the year's over, but they have not played what I call uh, you know consistent football so far. You know, Mississippi State's down. That's obvious. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, I think they've got a chance to win, and I'm I look forward to Saturday. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.